Welcome back to the Cup and Roll Pod, a weekly look at all things Spurs and the time it takes you to walk from Seven Sisters to White Hart Lane. Uh, you can follow us on our Facebook page or on our Twitter at cockandball underscore pod, or you can email us at cockandballpod at gmail.com. It's episode 20, and I've finally learned what the email address is. Um, <laughs> I'm Tom, aka Fenn. I'm your hate inciting president for this episode, and with me tonight in his best Jamiroquai costume and a Kalashnikov, it's Ash. Good evening. And standing in the House of Representatives, spouting on about Bielsa before walking out with a lectern, <laughs> it's Jules. Good evening, mate. How you doing? Very well, thank you. Uh, and finally, the man who is an actual journalist and censoring all of our social media feeds, it's Jim. <laughs> evening, you're right. <laughs> glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur. In the words of uh, Dave Peacock and the late Chris Hodges, when the year ends in one, Spurs on their Wembley, etc. Uh, we are in a, a cup final again, lads. Ash, you must be over the moon. I completely forgot what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> it's been five years. Yeah, that, that's a long time. That's a long time. Yeah, no, chuffed. Absolutely chuffed. Are you, um, um, are you, for, are you forgetting the Champions League final then? Uh, domestic, that doesn't count. <laughs> I've deleted that from my memory yeah. because it, in my mind it just didn't happen. Yeah. That was a farce anyway. That is that is one of my favourite moments of this podcast so far because it's the way that Jim spotted it before anyone else and was just like, I've got to point it out to him now. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is as well, when when you just started, when and you, you were like, we we're on our way to Wembley, I genuinely forgot that that was a thing until you said. <laughs> <laughs> That's how memorable the last week's been. <laughs> yeah, I, t- I looked up the um, what happened in the game again, as in, you know, just to score. And I forgot that De Silva got sent off. We'll come on to that. <laughs> I completely forgotten. Yeah, no, it was great. I don't know if you, uh, at the end, when you saw Lucas Moura doing that little dance behind Son and I think it's Sissoko in the background, but he had absolutely no emotion on his face. It's pretty much how I feel. Like, great, we're there. But we know if we win it, people are going to say it's the Mickey Mouse Cup. But we're in a no-win situation. It counts as a trophy. That's oh, to it. us it does. Um, well, no, to everyone <laughs> yeah. it does. I don't Only see, if you win I it. <laughs> I don't see United or Chelsea or City discounting it from their tallies for the last two decades. So it's a trophy, lads. That's it. Whether or not we got a bye against Leighton Orient and then managed to beat Stoke and Brentford to get there is a different story. <laughs> it's, still a, it's still a trophy. It's still a cup final. All to play for. Would we have won it with the least amount of games ever? Because obviously we don't join in until a like, second round or third yeah, round. We, get, uh, get we, got, the, we, we had a bye late in Orient. Yeah. We only had um, a one-legged semi-final, which isn't the norm. <laughs> we might say, <laughs> like, it will always be that sort of 2021 champions asterisk at this rate. Yeah. Uh, but at the moment, I don't care. But don't we're, work we're hard, work smart. <laughs> yeah. Jose said after the game uh, that we were solid enough to win, and I thought those four words were actually enough to probably justify what was it testing performance at times against a, a quite an informed Brentford. They were they were good value. We've, we're going to come across worse Premier League teams than Brentford, I think. They set up well. Um, their, their winger, what's his name, was Mbwemo, gave Reguillon more problems in the first half than a lot of Premier League wingers have. Uh, I hope to see him in the Premier League next year because, you know, they were, they were good value and they, they gave us a good game. It was a, it was a fun, fun match to watch. Um, always nice to have a goal from the GOAT early doors. Um, but but, I, but I, think, I think Son's quality 
um, just shone through at just the right just the right moment when when things were starting to get a little hairy. And I was like, oh, this is getting a bit nerve wracking. We've had to have VAR help us out. And then it's like, oh no, Sonny's through. We know what's <laughs> happening next. That VAR, VAR thing really annoyed me though. I'm not sure like if you saw the press that it was getting afterwards, like how they were so unlucky to be offside. But no, weren't it was offside. <laughs> it was clearly offside. There was no yeah. luck involved. Yeah, it's one of I never like that kind of thing because you're like, well, you're I, either, it's, not like, it's like you can't. It's like being pregnant. You're either pregnant <laughs> or you're not. Like you can't be a bit offside. You're either offside or you're onside. That's Sometimes it. Sometimes you don't know you're pregnant, Jim, <laughs> <laughs> but you are pregnant. <laughs> yeah, no, it was all right. I thought it was all right. No, nothing, nothing. You know, he said it was four words off uh, off Jose. That's probably all it warrants, really. Job done. Yeah, probably. Um... Suzuko late run into the box for his goal. He doesn't really score that often. It almost takes a piss when he scores. Um, but <laughs> should he be doing that more often, do you think, Jim? Just sort of those late runs into the box. I think he's like six foot two. He's a big bloke. Like, could he do that more often? Yeah, I guess it gives you something. It's one of those things, isn't it? You don't want to do it all the time because it becomes predictable. And if it, you don't want to like break your shape and cause yourself problems, but it's a good thing to have. If you want to be a little bit more brave about things, and uh, yeah, I think the more pertinent question is, did he even mean it? <laughs> I don't think he had a clue where it was going once he said, This is the Soko we're talking about. Have you seen that no look header that he did once for Newcastle? Yeah, the clear you haven't it seen it, Chelsea, wasn't it? And I implore our listener to go back and watch it. Just YouTube Suzoko's no look header, it's the funniest thing I think I've ever seen in a live football match. But you talked about, um potentially predictability if Suzuko keeps pushing forward. But there's a predictability now that the, the, the second goal actually cracked me up because Kane picks up the ball in the middle of the park and you can see the light bulb moment in Sun's eyes where he goes, yeah. ah, run. <laughs> <laughs> so Kane just came into Tangi and he just, I'm running Sun and you know he's, he's never going to miss in the form he's in. I mean, it's fantastic to have a, a forward like that, Jules, who can finish on either foot. Yeah, I mean, he's he's just... World class, isn't he? And I don't say that lightly. I, I I think he'd start for any team in world football right now. And it's been a long time since Tottenham had a player, in my view, who who could who could who we could say that about. Um, but he gives us real cutting edge. Um, and you know we we know we're going to be playing City in the final, Jim's favourites, um, the Oil Barons themselves. And uh, it's going to be very hard. But if there's one player in world football that might be most useful against a team like City, Son is right up there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just a fully signed up Spurs supporter for that final, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> I mean let, let's let's be honest. City are going to win it, aren't they? Because the League Cup is just the City Cup in the same way that the FA Cup is the Arsenal Cup. But, you know, we can but dream. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit weird that we don't play it until April, though, isn't it? Like, what, what do we do to occupy ourselves? We've, like, in terms of... We've got nothing to look forward to as big as that for quite a long time. I think it's quite good actually because it's quite late because it's quite late in the season it does give you something to sort of I don't know mentally I I would if I was a player and I know that in the back of my head that there's a final to play and I need to be performing well to make sure that I'm I'm playing then um, play through a bit of fatigue and heavy schedule and all that kind of thing and do my best for the next three months so um i think it's quite a good time to have it actually i've never i've never really understood why we do it in february anyway is it just because we decided that february is a bit of a crap month so we'll just <laughs> i we'll mean just i think it's for fixture congestion it's so Purely common for fixture yeah. yeah fa cup finalists and league cup finalists are 
generally drawn from the cut from the same cloth anyway. Uh, so I do. I quite liked it because um, y- you get that sort of early little cup run, and then come January, uh, as we've seen, as it is January, uh, we get the third round of the FA Cup. And yeah, for me, I don't know about you, Jim. Maybe we see it differently because we take more of an interest in our respective football league clubs. But uh, the magic of the cup—it's my favourite weekend of the year, I think. Yeah, yeah, this time, yeah, it's good. Um, I will come on to that, I suppose. But um, I was just thinking about the, the League Cup, because obviously you mentioned about it being cut to uh, a one-game semi-final. And I can't remember, did we did we have replays in the League Cup? I don't think we did. But And there's no replays in the FA Cup at the moment, which is a shame, but I understand it. But I thought personally thought it was better that the League Cup semi-final is one leg. And I think we should keep it like that. I don't... I don't support getting rid of replays long term, but I think two legs makes it a bit dull, and it for me it just felt a little bit more exciting this year. The magic of replays uh, is is special, I think, to the FA FA Cup. Yeah. In in the domestic game because of what what it what it often does for for the smaller team. Mm. Being honest, there's no nobody looks forward to having two legs of the League Cup. <laughs> least of all the players, they all go through the first <laughs> leg like, right? Can we all just agree? It's nil-nil. We just do it at your gap. Like, that's easy. It's like, that's what everyone's thinking. I think it might actually be a bit of a confidence booster um, that it is in, in April. Um, I completely agree with Jim's point. I think it keeps players on their toes because they want to make sure they're in that starting lineup or certainly on the bench. And we, you know, <laughs> it's actually quite competitive to get on our bench. So they've all got good reason to, sort of, you know, to, to make sure they're on point. But also, the FA Cup this year, we've got quite a deep squad for it. Uh, United have just delightfully been drawn against Liverpool this evening. So that means that one of the other big big clubs will be out, you know, in round four. Um, it could actually be, I think once you're in one final, you kind of go, well, hold on. Let's just, if we just keep on having this kind of tough to beat mentality in cup matches, how about two finals? That could be good fun. It's a gateway drug, isn't it? It's like, it is. it's like <laughs> that's what they say about marijuana. So it's, it's quite fun, this. Um, what's that? That's oh, cat. Jose loves the League Cup, doesn't he? So for that exact reason, he, they always say they always say when he comes into a new club, he always targets that to get the first trophy out of the way. Easy win. Build the it? confidence. Yeah. yeah. You just got me thinking. If Jose Mourinho was a drug, <laughs> <laughs> which what drug would, would he be? <laughs> He'd be cigarettes, wouldn't he? Bitter, bit tasteless, but once you get the taster, you don't want to put them down. <laughs> but at the same time, they're probably the easiest to kick as well because he gets sacked fairly early on, doesn't he? Yeah, it's after habit. three years of smoking. Quit. <laughs> well, we uh, well done, lads. We kept that nice and legal. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about progressing in the, in the FA Cup, but um, we had to get past. Uh, uh, it turns out they're a non-league team, Marine. Uh, uh, have you heard anything about this? We, I know we covered it uh, a bit in the preview. Let's not talk about, oh, they've got numbers on the doors and everyone was in the houses and, and could see. But when it comes to the 90 minutes, that romanticism above, non-league club, fuck them. Don't care. We need to turn <laughs> up, be professional, do a job. Nice little uh, hat-trick. I think it was 16 minutes for Vinicius as well. Ash, you can't go wrong there. No, and everyone was laughing at him for his doing his little celebration on fucking football Twitter but you know he scored he's going to celebrate some fair play to him thoroughly perform a uh, thoroughly professional performance it's, it's hard to say when a player looks good in these sort of games 
but you can yeah. really see when they don't look good at all. Um, and thankfully, there weren't many of those. Maybe Jetson wasn't great, but who cared? He's off zone anyway. Uh, well done to him. Like 30,000 virtual tickets. They've, they've made a fortune. They're talking about them doing them for a decade, that amount of money. But there were some more positives for us out of that. Deli Alley had a particularly impressive performance, I thought, particularly was uh, one of the assists for the Venetia's goal. As talk of him potentially playing on Wednesday, Jules, is that something you'd love to see? I would. I think particularly against the less good teams in the Premier League, I still think that he's a, a really good final third option. Yeah, he seemed he seemed in good spirits, um, and he seemed he, you know he seemed on form. And I think he he's still got that class. Like I, I, I'll always think he's a he's a very talented player. It's just a case of you know can he consistently get the output which his talent merits. I think we all love him for the exact same reason why Jose Mourinho hates him. And it's because he, he looks like he loses the ball quite often, but that's because he takes risks. And ultimately, yeah. in football, to create chances, you need to take risks. You need mm. to try the little flick that's going to um, get the ball past the defender really quickly or try and take a man on. And nobody takes the risk like he does. But w- when it works, it's, it, it is devastating. Also, we've got a lot of matches and having three tens to rotate between. There was one moment in the... Um... The Marine game, I don't know if you saw it, but he completely stacked it right in front of the bench. <laughs> and it true Tottenham it. camaraderie. The whole bench shit themselves laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Bale was waving a, a fake yellow card for dying. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they, they actually did all right for about 15, 20 minutes. They, mm-hmm. they didn't offer much, but they held the shape quite well. Um, I think, I think but that's, then, about, that's about as long as you can hold out. With well, that but during with that degree of difference between the yeah. teams, yeah. But then when, like, when it started, I was sort of, you know, that Simpsons meme <laughs> where Make it's like it stop the being mob, where it's like, please stop, he's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no, oh no, this is gonna, oh no. Well, it almost went really bad for us, didn't it? When Joe Hart sort of shit the bed and just decided to stop watching the football. He's after, a terrible. He he looks he looks at that level, doesn't he? That's probably where he should be playing. He did. <laughs> uh, interesting stat, more for you, Jules. Um, in the first twenty six minutes, Marine completed twenty four passes. That's uh, quick maths, less than one a minute. Yeah, if they you know they gave it their best. It's a great experience for them uh, as individuals. For us, it was a, a walk in the park as it should have been. I thought the most sort of sort of special and heartwarming moment was seeing Alfie Devine's face as he uh, once he scored his goal um seeing just that pure joy and elation very very comfortable when he came on I like these runs into the box as well um Jules you asked yesterday about commentators and pundits and what have you saying there's sort of silly cliched things about non-league football and what have you and said the the gap between Marine and Spurs compared to uh, West Ham and uh, county that we've seen tonight mm. um, I think you probably saw how big the gap is yeah. um, obviously it's all non-league football but you see the gap between those two teams compared to you know the, the top end of non-league football is, is very very professional these days but it's interesting isn't it how how much quality there is so far down in the game I think and, it's, yeah, it's a good thing isn't it it's brilliant it's also why I think non-league and the lower leagues of professional football are <laughs> the jump The jump that's happened there in the last 20, 30 years is probably greater than the jump that's happened at the top end of the game. 
I know we talk about the difference that, you know, sports scientists and whatever has made to Premier League teams, but <laughs> I think the improvement in the fitness, the speed, the technical level of those kind of clubs at that at, at that kind of stage of the pyramid is incredible. And yeah, it was lovely to see them do themselves justice. Well, one, there's one thing I wanted to speak about was the issues with the feature congestion and the COVID regulations. Um, so a couple of days before we saw Aston Villa's youth team put a good performance up against uh, Liverpool, whereas we'll be playing Fulham instead of Aston Villa on Wednesday, um, which is causing a bit of confusion, isn't it? Because it's obviously one rule for, for one competition and it's different rules for the league. I think the reason we're seeing that in the Premier League is because um, they're, they're sort of stances they don't want to threaten the legitimacy or, or, the integra- or the integrity of the league. But at this point, would you not say that the, the, the integrity of the league is already gone? I mean, there was no pre-season. The, the fixture list is so congested. Um, the players can't train in the same way they would have done. They can't get the same attention necessarily. Uh, does it not come a point where you have to say you have to put out a youth team or you forfeit? You know, you, you should have been more careful with COVID. Yeah, the more careful thing I'm not sure about because I think there are, I mean, there are obviously some cases where, let's be honest, footballers have been dickheads. There's so many cases. Do from you mean, a, do you mean Eric Lamella, Lachelso, <laughs> Lanzini, <laughs> by any chance? <laughs> Naming no names. Uh, <laughs> no, look, I mean, it's not unique to Spurs, is it? There's, it's been, it's happened at Villa a lot. It's, happened at, it's all over the place. It happened at Liverpool, I think. But equally, there are certain cases, I think, where teams probably have been really careful and it's just one of those unfortunate things. But yeah, I agree. We're at a point now where uh, the integrity of the league, it does matter, but we're, we're going to get to a point where teams are going to have to be playing three or four games a week. So where's the integrity in that? I think that, the difference that I see in this case is that I can understand if lower league clubs aren't able to protect players or give players the opportunity to to isolate in the same way. You know, if clubs, if, if, if players are semi-professional and doing other jobs or just aren't in a position to isolate in such an effective way, then I understand those clubs might need to be given some leniency. But sure. there is no Premier League club which which has a situation like that um so either their players are idiots or if they are genuinely unlucky well luck is part of football luck is what is how you end up with a bunch of injuries all at the same time in the same area of the pitch luck is how penalties sometimes go your way and sometimes don't, they have you know? they have done it as well in the some of the earlier rounds of the fa cup i think it happened in the second round actually there was a couple of walkovers and it's policy as well in the fa trophy which is like the top tier of non-leagues equivalent of the league mm. cup i'm not sure if you guys are into nba much but their version of project restart they all went to disneyland and uh, in their bubbles as a team is that something that we could be asking professional footballers to do as as teams or is the time frame just too long to do obviously the nba was only a matter of weeks at that point i vote that the i vote that the away team gets to decide how many players on the pitch at once so you could just choose to be a five-a-side team that day <laughs> and just be like right Goals Tottenham, no <laughs> fouls, bring your shinnies, standard 45 minutes, Luke Slade's allowed, bring your best five. The more important thing is, leading on to our next kind of match, we rested quite a few players and gave them a nice little break with that fixture at the weekend. Premier League have weirdly organised a piss-up in a brewery because 
there is a brewery in our ground and they've, they've decided to play a game in it. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> rearranging the Fulham game for Wednesday makes sense. Fulham are moaning about it, but they cancelled on us quite late notice, so fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't really sure who we were going to play up until a few hours ago, really. Um, one of our Twitter followers suggested that maybe that between Villa and Fulham, they should just put together a combined eleven, and that will be the team we play, and it will be literally a six-pointer. Um, <laughs> is there is there a set of players you have in mind? If you were to field a, a team of Villa and Fulham players, would you actually choose any Fulham players? Well, I I've taken a look at this and shout out to to own brand slash Thierry Venables. Love that uh, for the for the question. Um, I think there's only one position where you maybe get a Fulham player in, and that would be Brian at left back. Yeah, ahead of Target. When I look at this Villa team, the the, the thing that stood out to me about it is when you read through it now. Um, I'll give you the lineup I'd have: Martinez in goal, easy. Cash at right back is class. Concer and uh, you. You'd have Tyron Mings. You could maybe say Anderson, but I, I was going to say know. Anderson over concert. I think he's. I think he's a good, solid player. Maybe, okay, so Ashley. I think he's better than concert. Ashley's two then. Brian over target. I had at left back, but I don't yep. know if Ben or Jim, if you disagree. No, agreed. Agreed. I, I did actually disagree <laughs> with that, but I think target. Is what just, do you know? It's just solid. <laughs> That's true. And the midfield is is interesting because I'm. I'll read you the Fulham players first. And then I'll read you the Villa equivalent. And with every one, you'll go, oh, yeah, that's fair. Anguisa or Douglas Louise? Douglas I Lewis. actually really like Anguisa, though. I think he's a very, very good player. I think he's probably a level above Fulham. Then you'd have Lamina. Pack it, up, pack it in. I John McGinn. <laughs> Lamina versus McGinn. Obviously, you take McGinn. <laughs> that man runs like hell in centre mid. Um, Tom Kearney versus Barkley. That's easy, Barkley. Lookman, who you would say is one of Fulham's better players. This is Grealish. Yeah, <laughs> no comparison. So good. Imagine how good Greal is, because Greal-ish is amazing. Fucking <laughs> 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 hell. <laughs> versus El Ghazi. I'd have El Ghazi. Or Traore. Yeah, or Traore. And up front, this is probably the closest one I thought. Mm, Mitrovic Watkins. Mitrovic can't even get in the Fulham team at the moment. It's just Ollie, so, Ollie mm. Watkins. Ollie Watkins is a level above. Yeah, level he's been above. a great signing for them, hasn't he? Villa were really, really, really lucky to stay up last year. They should have gone down. They stayed up basically on account of a goal that VAR cocked up on. But they've really made the most of actually surviving. And now they look like a really solid... Premier League team, they don't look like they're going anywhere, do they? I think they're going to be a real threat for a few years because I, when you yeah. look at the lineup as well, none of them are that old. No. Who's, who's going to get worse in the next four years in that team? I was going to say as well, in fairness to Fulham, they're not the um, donkey team that they were at the start of the season. They're they're actually they've got a bit of a grip now. But they they've built a good spine, haven't they? So they've got the uh, Anderson, and I'm not even going to attempt to say the other centre back's name. Angisa and Lamina and you know Loftus Cheek and you know they got some they got some really decent. It's going to be a battle in midfield. It's going to be a, a really difficult battle. Um, so no, thank you very much. That question from from at own brand. Let us know if you agree or disagree. I think the the conclusion seems to be we'd have Anderson and 
uh, Brian in, but otherwise it's a it's a it's a villa it's a villa team. I'd like um, Niskin's Cabano purely because he's one of the few anatomically named footballers in the league. <laughs> there used to be there used to be a great uh, local player in the northwest who was brilliantly anatomically named. He was called Tony Hancock. <laughs> Brilliant, Tony Hancock. Predictions, lads. What do we think? I don't think I'll be ready, you know. I don't, I, they're, they're already moaning about it, so they get any excuses. And they went to extra time against their, their local rivals, QPR. Um, don't know what that counts for nowadays, but they've probably had their 72 hours, so fuck them. Um, <laughs> I, I, think, I, think we could, I think we could do it. I think it could be a 3 0 kind of win for us. It should be comfortable, but when you're, when you're a Fulham and you're playing a Tottenham, you find the energy, you get that second win. But I reckon it'll be 2 0. Very nice. Go on, Jim. I'm probably closer to Ash than Fenn, just because of the fixture pattern. Perfect. So, okay. height. <laughs> <laughs> Punch. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I'm probably closer to Ash than Fenn. I, I think it'll be quite a tight game, so I'll say 2 1. I'll go 3 1. So, I think we're all in the same, the same ballpark. Um, so, for the one day a year. Fuck the Lily Whites. <laughs> Aren't we the Lily Whites? <laughs> That's um, a good point. What do we call... Oh, but I can't call them... It's going to sound really dodgy. If I, the cottages. The cottages, yeah. I was a um, sort of semi-season ticket holder uh, with Fulham for a few years. And one thing which, the more I went, I found more and more unsettling, but never seems to get acknowledged. Um, they, like, chant themselves, like, come on, you whites. It does sound a bit... <laughs> Like much. Did you ever hear that? Like, in fairness to Fulham, they um, they do have some really good chants because you know they used to be owned by Mohamed El Fayed. Yes. And he obviously wanted to be a British citizen, and and so they used to chant uh, Al Fayed. He wants to be a Brit and QPR a shit. And then they got <laughs> they got bought out by Shahid Khan, who's American, and they changed it to Shahid Khan is a Yank and QPR a wank. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have a game believe of the it. weekend? Yeah, believe it or not, we're, we're away at Sheffield United. It's a, oh. <laughs> I was looking at it, it's so spursy to be playing them at a time when they've just won their first game in, I don't know, years, I think. Um, <laughs> I think they're measuring it in years now, not weeks. They, they beat Bristol 3-2 in the FA Cup this weekend. They've got to play Newcastle at home midweek. But uh, in, in a way, I kind of, it strikes me as a very big Bramall Lane <laughs> banana skin. And I'm a little bit scared, but surely we should walk straight through the worst team in history. Yeah, this you'd think, which is why I'm absolutely terrified. <laughs> it's um, also it's also why I'm predicting a one-all draw. I wouldn't be surprised oh. at all. Huge banana skin. I'm going to say one-nil Sheffield United. Oh, thigh rubber. <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I'm not thinking that at all. I mean, I think that they'll score first. Don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> it's one of those where just in their own net, they lose their shit because Robinson picks up a, a jammy goal by kicking it in via someone else. Normally, I think we'll win it four-one. Though I, 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 I'm still pretty hopeful that they're just so bad. I really can't see them picking up points against teams with our sort of quality. I just feel like we've got a curse of one-all draws against teams we should we should beat this year. We've had it against Palace. We've had it against Newcastle. We had the late one against West Ham. I hate to say it, up in Bramall Lane, I think it's going to be one all. I reckon we do them 2-0, but the second's going to come quite late. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> I, I think six 
six points this week is an absolute minimum. And on that lovely note, uh, we'll call it a day. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time.